Welcome back in, listeners, to another exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings, a fun episode where we're going to show you just how small the theater world is. Um, we have a great show to talk to you about, a concert actually called The Fountain of You. And joining us today is the composer, Faye Chow, the leading lady, Jenny Barber, and the writer, Tasha Gordon-Solomon, who we've already had on our show before. Uh, ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's such an honor to have you. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. Yeah. And we were talking and 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 to bring the the world of theater a little bit closer, um the another voice which would have been great to have um is the director who we've had on our show before, which is Chloe Treat. Um so it's just amazing how how interconnected this world is getting. But here you all are together working on this amazing show, The Fountain of You, uh which is going up at the Green Room 42 on September 26th. Um, and I know that Tosh, we talked on our interview with Don't Do This To Us a little bit about that upcoming project. And then uh, on our interview with Chloe Treat, she kind of dabbled in it. But why don't we start, Tasha, with you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the show since you're the show's writer? Sure, yeah. So I wrote the book and the lyrics. Um, though I will say Faye and I uh, wrote this musical very quickly kind of over the course of a year at a bunch of residencies out of town where we were like in cabins in the woods together. <laughs> and so the concept and the ideas are both very much uh, both of ours, but she writes the wonderful music. Um, so the show is a new musical. Uh, it's a feminist revenge comedy, sort of what we call it, uh, but it's about an actress in her mid thirties who suddenly loses everything on a birthday. Um, and she's basically told us because she's too old, she can't book another job, her manager dumps her, all these horrible things happen. Um, and she goes to a sort of magical spa called the Fountain of You um, and gets a procedure that changes things. Um, and basically she starts to see the world differently um and all the inequities in the world and how women are treated um and she takes charge of her life and it takes a sort of dark turn Ooh! and it's a comedy it reminds me a touch of and i can't think of the title but do you guys i, I might be dating myself here do you remember the meryl street film where she's obsessed with beauty and then she dies oh, I think. called death becomes her Yes, yes, you are. But of course. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 as you're describing it, I'm literally just having that scene where she's at the top of the stairs in my mind. And, and I'm Willis in a role that I, of a lifetime. Sorry, this is Jenny just saying, is, <laughs> I'll step out. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, yes, I think we were definitely inspired by, yeah, a lot of works that like were sort of women take charge of their lives in these sort of darkly comedic circumstances. Uh, and in a world where we are sort of defined and told there's only certain ways that you have value um, and dealing with that. Yeah. Now, building off of that, how did you come up with the show or come upon the idea of the show? Hey, do you want to know? That's a very good question, Andrew. Um, you know, it's so funny. Uh, well, you know, we, um, we were working on... Uh, it's, we were working on a show together and we just kept having these sort of like brilliant but slightly outlandish ideas. 
And, you know, we, we went away to a residency and we just thought, what if we just took out these sort of things that are making us laugh and like made it into a musical and what would that look like? Um, and so it came from a place of feeling like, you know, we would go on the subway and or, you know, to a meeting and we would come back and meet and say, like, can you believe that this happened to me? I can't believe as a woman in this day and age, I still have to. So, um, you know, and, and we believe so strongly that we, we we like the idea of funneling our anger into joy. And so it came from a place of like making each other laugh and and thinking of outlandish uh, stories that, that then the brilliant Tasha actually made into something that says what we wanted to say. Um, and so it came from the place of just joy of working together and a place of um, just frustration with how much women still sort of need to deal with um, as they move through the world uh, and, and coming at it without any real concrete answers, but wanting to provoke a lot of questions. Um, mm -hmm. And so it came from a place of both anger and joy. I love that. I love, I, and I love a show that 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 makes you think and leaves you with questions. Um, I I did a I worked a production of Sweat many 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 moons ago, and hearing an audience this is back in Utah, hearing an audience leave, and they were just questioning a bunch of stuff, and just hearing a woman say to her husband, "That was the point of the show," and I was just like. <laughs> Yes, you're supposed to leave with conversations and it's supposed to go beyond the theater. I love shows like that, that just, you know, you, you leave and you keep it going because it's 2022. And why are we still talking about this? Because we haven't actually talked about some of these things, you know, and you're three women in the theater and, and dealing with the subject matter. I mean, uh, 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 Jenny, I'm going to, you know, kick it to you a little bit with this next question, um, you know, because hearing a a female actress getting to an age and now all of a sudden she can't get work as a fellow actor boy you know dancers have a time on on their body but as actors we hit that age and it's like great you're now just you know a nanny or a grandparent so what is the message that you're hoping audiences will take away from it since you're oh. a lady yeah well i mean you know it, it's not hard to imagine the circumstances that Kristen, the character that Tasha and Faye wrote, find herself in. Um, you know, it's, I don't know if they're, I, I just think that in terms of like what an audience takes away, I think just so that they can kind of reflect on how absurd it is. <laughs> you know, the absurdity of somebody turning a certain number and then that being something that is no longer valuable. Yeah. Um, and I think value is a big thing in this, you know, we, in, in, in a strange market economy, right? Like how we value youth and beauty and, you know, certain kinds of, of things that are just, we just decided that, that those things are valuable for a reason that is not really necessarily true. So um, I think that if they kind of like, you know, reflect on their own sense of value and what that means and how maybe, you know, how does that, how does it affect the world? <laughs> and, um Faye, Tasha, did you guys, would you ladies like to add anything to that uh, regarding the message that you hope audiences will take away? I mean, I think Jenny really speaks to it, right? Obviously, this is like a heightened, it is satiric, right? The idea, also, like the idea that somebody who turns like their mid-30s is suddenly like too old, you know what I mean, to do anything. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of just having, you know, having audiences look at that, right? And I think you can either get like really angry and frustrated about this idea of how we value women in our society, or you can laugh at it and look at it and think about it and hopefully, you know, 
maybe make some changes in your own life, maybe, you know, think, see things a little bit differently. But I think that's really our goal is to sort of look at a problem from an angle that is, is fun and hopefully makes you think. Um, but in a way, I think that can be sort of a really a fun journey that, yeah, makes you think, but not, there's not necessarily like one message. I mean, except that like our world is crazy. <laughs> there is a right, the sort of absurdity of it all. Um, but ultimately, I think we don't have an answer, right? Sort of part of the idea we're exploring the show is like we live in this very complicated patriarchal system. <laughs> and there's this question in the show that Kristen deals with, which is do you how do you succeed within that, right? Like, and she does try to succeed within it, but it's this question of like, then are you just buying into the system if you're just trying to be what people are telling you to be, right? If they're telling you, oh, you have to look this way or have this kind of money or do that, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. So I guess ultimately the sort of bigger question we're looking at that we don't have an answer to is like, oh, there's a problem with this system and maybe like trying to run this rat race and be everything that people tell you to be is not necessarily the solution, though it's what we're all trying to do. Like maybe there's a problem with what we're all trying to do in the first place. I was just gonna say, there's a, what, I can't remember where I heard it, but there was a brilliant female comic who sort of said, you know, women in their thirties and women in their forties don't actually look that different, but for some reason the cutoff is somewhere in between. So what is the difference? Women in their forties have more power. So what does that say about our society? I, so I, that's always resonated with me. And in many ways, I just think we're sort of exploring issues around all that that's around that question i love that i i i think that sounds brilliant and i truthfully i i don't i've stopped looking at age i've got friends of mine who are in their 50s and 60s and i tell them stop lying because they don't look that way and also at the same time being someone who's turning 35 when people look at me as the adult in the room i'm like oh we're screwed in that case like no 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 when did i become this person mm -mm, you know i have never understood that growing up why does age matter i've never recognized age until you know much much older like 60s 70s grandparent age when you really look that way you know and to be honest with the advent of makeup and everything can't you just make someone look a certain way look at the way look at how they're casting teenagers too in shows i mean 34 35 year olds playing 17 year olds and i'm like okay that's not what they look like no wonder why i'm always like kids look so younger today than we used to look now we're just we're getting spoon fed a a, a dis a, what is it a, a false reality you know <laughs> And often you have that, like, it's like a male actor playing a teenager who's in his 20s and then like a woman in her 30s playing the mom or something. Right. Yes, 100%. I mean, it is interesting that I mean, you mentioned that because like, you know, I've always played like 13 year olds, like very young, very, very young when I was, at, you know, in my 20s. Um, and what's funny is, and I was still kind of getting really young auditions into my thirties, but as soon as I had a baby, as soon as I had a baby, I started getting all the breakdowns for moms. And I was like, wait a second. I, I like within a, like a few months, it was really wild. And it was interesting because I, 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 I do think that I have a different perspective now as a mom that I could, you know, bring to the experience of, as, of a, you know, a character who is a mother. But I, it, it was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, I definitely have not been, I, I still don't, I, I jumped categories in a, in a way that I, I'm not prepared for. <laughs> but it was interesting because the perception um, 
you know, was like, oh, well, now you can play moms because you are a mom, right? And you're like, okay, sure. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> I'm not prepared. Yeah. I, so it was, I completely skipped my late 20s, like entirely skipped it. It was just okay. went from right to like 25. Like I just stepped off the bus to like, and now I've got twins and a soccer schedule. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> Sitting in my home in the Hamptons, you know, yeah, driving exactly. my minivan with my white wine. Exactly. I actually just had this thought the other day. I was like, how many shows out there actually have deal with people in their late 20s, early 30s, early to mid 30s? You don't see a lot of shows about that. Way back, like in like the early 90s, they did, right? But now, like, it's sort of like a, like, what? <laughs> it's all about like the teenagers or the college age kids or older, like people in their 40s. We yes. just ignore that middle gap. And I'm like, hmm. So I, I love that, that the, you know, the three of you are creating this show that deals with <laughs> this, you know, 30. It's, we are an age group. This is happening. And, and you're dealing with an important issue that for a lot of, for a lot of people in the industry, it happened. That's why I'm going to put her age on her resumes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is like, wait, what? Like, how absurd is that? I have to put my number, my name on it, my page of date for everything to rent a car to like, you know, like, but don't put it on your resume. That's right. And when they ask you, you just pull the line from Kinky Boots. How old are you? Exactly the right age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back to you with this question uh which is what was it like developing this show it was so fun i it was so fun i mean it was stressful of course because writing shows is always stressful but look at the amazing people we've gotten to work with like jenny did our very first reading and just you know i now can't imagine her not being in my life and Tasha, I remember meeting her like on day one a few years ago at we met at the BMI musical theater workshop and I think we were in the same elevator writing up together and um, who knew that in many ways we would become such strong collaborators um, and just finding kind of a, a really the process was sitting down at a piano, making up a story, making it, each other laugh. And we were both lucky in that I came from sort of a classical background and Tasha came from the playwriting background and so we knew how to like use our craft to kind of like craft this this story that we were really really wanting to tell so finding that together and finding that with the cast has just been so brilliant such a privilege and following it over to uh tasha what was it like developing the show for you yeah i mean a lot of things face saying i think it's a it's a lot of fun to sit, even if you're in a cabin in the woods in the in the winter. Once I got frostbite on my toes and Faye brought me a bowl of warm water to put them in. Um, yeah, I think like it's so nice to just be trying to make each other laugh, you know, and we like finished the sort of very first draft and had this reading like right before the pandemic, our first reading. And then, you know, sort of also think about the aftermath of Me Too and just all these heavy things. And it's so nice to be able to laugh. And I think that continues as we like come back to the show post pandemic and everything. Um, yeah, I think it's just really nice to like 
have that kind of joy and and I think it's also empowering, right? Like we have, you know, this the show explores a lot about like the way also like youth is sort of commercialized, right? And there's like a billion dollar industry selling all sorts of things to women, you know? And so I think it was both like empowering and really fun to be writing these like crazy songs about all these things. Um, and then, yeah, developing it has been really wonderful. We've gotten to work with lots of great people. And I will say Jenny was in a 10 minute play of mine at Ars Nova. She played Barbie and was like wonderful. And it was like the first, like one of the first things I did in New York. We were, we were both like little babies. And it was like very exciting as we were, we were like, oh, we should call Jenny. And it's like, and so like, and we've got to work with lots of people and old friends. So like, it's a very, it's just been like a very kind of lovely, it's always lovely to like be able to work with people that are so talented. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really exciting about this concert. Because we have so many great people that are, you know, going to be in a room together. And after you spend all that time alone in a room writing, to be able to like then like sort of hand it over to like a wonderful director and these like amazing performers that can you know elevate it so much is really exciting oh that's i i love that and before you turn over to jenny i'll just that Faye and i sung i guess i say like the opening number sort of deals with like all the it's called simple steps and it deals with sort of all the crazy steps were sold in terms of maintenance and beauty and products and Faye and I sung it at a gala for a, a place where we had done a residency. And these people came up to us after and were like, we work in the beauty industry. Like, that's exactly what we do is like tell people like more, basically like more and more things that you're supposed to do with like, you know, like all the steps and all the things. But like, that's like, that is what the industry is. I'm just like, right, like, like just making people do more and more and buy more and more and like new angles, you know? Yep. Anyways. Turn it over to Jenny. Yeah. So Jenny, <laughs> since you were uh, since you were involved with the first reading, and here you are now, uh, you've had a huge hand in developing the show. What was it like for you developing it? Oh, I mean, listen, like to work with a female team is rare and special, and I just will never say no to them if I can do it. Like ever. Um, and Tasha and Faye are two of the most intelligent women that I've, you know, who are writing, I think, in in the world of musical theater at this moment. And they're both hilarious, funny, and wicked smart. And so it's just like, it's just, I mean, it's just the best. Um, you know, uh, Tasha and I had done this uh, Ars Nova, like one acts called the We Plays. And it was, I remember being like, whoa, this girl is so smart. Like, I, I mean, she's writing, she's, I was just blown away by her, blown away by her intelligence and also so funny. Um, and then as soon as I met Faye, when I was asked to do the first reading, I was like, wait, you're just, this is like really good music. Like, this is not just like smart music. It's like really fun and like earworm, you know? So like, you want to like, keep like singing the songs. And um, so, yeah, like, it's just been, it's really just been fun. And they're so like, I mean, it's so nice to have um, such like, I don't know, just to, to feel like you're in someone's power in some way. And so it's easy. It's easy to like tell the jokes. It's easy to like sing the songs because it's 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 not um, it's not like I mean, to be honest, like it's not like a male gaze version of a woman. It's a real version of a woman like <laughs> dealing with real things. And so that's easy. Like that's that's the juice. So. It's been really, really fun. And I will also say it's very ambitious. Like it's a it's an ambitiously written musical in the best way. It's not um it's 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 not simplistic, you know? It's it's beautifully complicated in the best way that comedy is it really smart comedy is is complicated in a fun, awesome, like I don't know. Uh it's just it's 
it's good. It keeps like, you keep discovering new things every time we do it. Um, they always bring together an amazing team. Um, so it's just fun. I, I like literally like skip out of like every rehearsal, like, oh my God, so fun. <laughs> love that. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that this is uh, a show about women, performed by women, written, directed, all that by women. Yes. And, and it's a self-awareness too. There's a self-awareness about it. And I think it's also really important about like, it can't just be, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got, it's got empathy as well. <laughs> I think yeah. that's really important. And I think that if it wasn't a full, like, I don't know, like it wasn't this, this, these two amazing women, I don't know if that would always be the case. I think they really understand you know, our, our, our responsibility as well and accountability. <laughs> so I want to ask how long have you got, have you all been working on this project? It sounds like at least two years because Tasha, you had mentioned uh, pre-pandemic. Um, yeah. So we, so we like had our first reading of it in the like late, late fall of 2019. <laughs> wow. Um, so Faye and I kind of, yeah, quickly wrote it a bunch of, we used to, not so much these days of the pandemic, but like we did a bunch of residencies. We were at like the Malay Colony and Virginia Center for the Creative Arts and all these sort of wonderful places where we would go for a week or two and just write a bunch. And then we basically finished the first draft because we had this reading deadline. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's been a few years and then we um, you know, I've had a couple like workshops with one with the theater now in New York and one we had in Virginia. So we've had a couple sort of other developmental steps. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, I guess, a few years it's sort of been like, we, you know, everything was on, on pause for a second, but it gave us sort of a chance to like write a new draft, dig, dig a little deeper. Um, that was exactly what I was about to ask. I'm like, during the pandemic, were you, were you all, um, working on it, revising it? And I'm, I mean, I guess one of the perks of Zoom, I mean, were you were you all, did you ever do like a table read or anything with that during the pandemic or did, were you having to wait until things subsided to get it back up on its feet? No, so we did, we actually had a, we had a Zoom reading that, that Jenny did, uh, which was great. Uh, and then we, we had, we've had two in-person other sort of developmental steps in the last year. Amazing. Um, so we've had a couple with like some amazing different people coming in and out. So that was great. Um, yeah. And this, I guess, is our sort of chance, like, I feel like for like a New York audience to have like a bigger audience see it as opposed to the sort of smaller developmental steps or being out of town where it's like, I think we're like, this is sort of like our people, like a, a wider audience can come see it now, which feels exciting. And it sort of feels like readier at that stage. And I'll also just, I mean, we just should like acknowledge that like Jenny Barber is a legend and um, is amazing and we're so lucky to have her. And just, it's, I think it's, I think New York is very lucky that they're going to get a chance to see her live for the first time in a while. So we're oh, just excited to be part of that. Uh, you're the best. I love you. <laughs> I love welcoming back to the stage, Jenny Barber. <laughs> uh, I want to wa wrap up this portion of the interview, uh, starting with you, Faye, and this question, who do you hope have access to the show? That's a really good question, Andrew. Um, who do I hope have access to this show? I mean, you know, it's interesting when you were talking about kind of like who should be telling, like we should all be telling the stories and thinking about who is telling the stories. And Tasha and I have always said, 
we realize we're kind of unique in being an all lady team, but we don't want to be, you know, we aren't um, the only ones and we don't want to have that be special anymore going forward. Mm -hmm. um, also, certainly as a person of color, like wanting to see more representation um, in the writer's room and the creative teams, that yes. feels really exciting. So and and this show is for is for everyone. It speaks specifically to to our kind of um, lens of experience, but just in the way that we have enjoyed the, the experiences told from you know the male gaze or the male experience. We we want this kind of to be accessible to everyone. Um, and so we're hoping that people. I mean, honestly, I'm hoping you know, obviously, the theater loving people will uh, will have access to it. I'm hoping people who maybe traditionally don't have access to the theater. I grew up just sort of really seeing the theater on PBS. Um, and mm. so people like me, people who are growing up and maybe not having access, we're really hoping, you know, down the line, we'll be able to sort of see the show and see their experiences reflected in some way. It's a, it's, as Tasha mentioned, it's, um, it's satire and it's very, uh, what's the word, heightened, heightened comedy. So not literally, but in terms of the issues that the, the musical explores. Um, and I would love for like young people to see the show. You know, um, I have nieces, um, two of them saw a re workshop reading and they were maybe a little too young to sort of see the show, but I'm hoping as they get older and my niece who's just starting high school, I think I want them to see it because I kind of want them to know the world that they're stepping into a little bit. Um, so so to me, um, you know, young young potential theater goers who, um, who are stepping into the world and um, especially those who are female identifying, I would love for them to see the show someday. And, and I will say Faye's niece is very sweetly came and I will say it's probably not great for little little kids I would say maybe like a 12 and up because it does get dark and a little bit bloody um and they they came so sweetly and then I think we're slightly traumatized <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I would say it's a older audience um yeah I would just add to it too that like obviously this is like a, a lady musical <laughs> we have things to say as women we think it's really important to have these stories but like space said, you know we have um one male actor in the play who plays all the male characters um and he plays sort of all the bad guys and he also plays the love interest who's sort of the heart of the show um you know and i, I do think it, it is a show for everyone and we do want everyone to see it so um all genders um, and definitely young people, but I would say not maybe not under 10. Yes, by young, let's specify <laughs> high school and older. <laughs> we learned from Faye's very sweet nieces who were our uh, market research. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Thank you for the market research. And then <laughs> Jenny, um, Jenny uh, what about you? Who do you hope have access to the show? Oh, same. I think anybody. I think, honestly, I would love, you know, I think definitely like young people and I think definitely female identifying, but um, I would love like some some peeps in their, you know, maybe in their late 60s and 70s, sort of like, like, like see what's happening. Like, because we're sort of living in a world that has been set up by a different generation. And, you know, it'd be, I think it's extremely funny and I think they would have a great time, but I think it's also um, something to sort of like, oh, Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting how we have, how far have we not come? Um, you know, to sort of see how that experience can feel um, like, you know, every generation is sort of confronting it. And so um, I think like maybe an older, an older group would be great. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
It really, I mean, it's it, like, I, and truly though, like, it's a fun musical. I mean, the mu the music is fun. Like, it's really great to listen to, and so it's like it's it's satire and it's comedy, but it also like does make you think. So, gosh, what more could you ask for? Really. Never can know or see where the problem is. It's crazy, mind. Just be sit still for I want to um, switch from the show a little bit and focus a little bit more on you guys, since on our show, not only do we talk about the shows themselves, but we do talk about our personal experience in the theater. And Jenny, I'm going to go and just keep on talking with you for a second. Um, and I want to find out what shows in the past have inspired you or or do you love? And I'll also open that up to playwrights or composers. Um, but yeah, where, where do you land on that? Gosh, I mean, you know, uh, so many. I guess I'll start. Okay. Um, so the first Broadway show I did was uh, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, um, which was amazing experience. And I remember um, I was just out of college and I was sitting in the front row and I was watching uh, the, the the original cast. I was watching Celia Kenyon Bolger sing uh the i love you song and thinking like i and sobbing and she was amazing and she was at michigan where i went to school as well and just you know she was like a hero of mine. what i said go big blue go big blue oh yes always um uh you know victors uh but uh anyway she um she was so amazing and i just remember feeling so connected to the piece and um, I ended up getting, uh, ended up doing the show, which was really re remarkable and ended up having a relationship with, um, or, a, you know, a working relationship with uh, James Lapine, which was amazing from that. And he, he, you know, wrote my favorite music of all time, which is Sunday in the Park with George and um, cut to the show that I ended up doing uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter was Sunday in the Park uh, at, on Broadway and the revival with Jake Gyllenhaal and Annie Ashford. And, you know, it was like those, those, it just, you know, all that, those two pieces have been really like, um, I mean, that was like, Sunday was like, you know, the thing that was the show for me, but so many, so many others, I don't know, like, I, yeah, yeah, Sunday in the Park was, was really special. Hey, yeah. <laughs> how about you? Um, shows that have, I mean, you know, I have to say it's in revival right now, Into the Woods. Yeah. Um, it's probably my favorite growing up. Um, uh, so definitely that. And then, you know, um, uh, what really kind of surprised me very recently was, or well, less slightly recently is, um, uh, uh, SpongeBob because it was kind of an all encompassing, beautiful experience. So it was kind of very interesting because it was written by so many different, you know, um, uh, writers, um, but they they 
built this beautiful patchwork that was quite inspiring in some ways because it um it was the the, the true line of the drama was so strong. Um, so I have ones that I hold up as like someday I I you know should I be so lucky would write a show that's crafted so well and then there are shows that are like wow it's just brilliantly brilliantly put together I'm not sure why this works but it does and I think you can learn from both. Um, so, uh, you know, those two would definitely be on my list. And anything by Jeannie Tesori, Fun Home. Oh, yeah. I love Jeannie Tesori. Love, I can't wait to see Kimberly Akimbo again. I have not seen it. I'm so excited. It's so good. And building real quick on SpongeBob, I can't wait because our episode about SpongeBob is coming soon. Um, I remember my wife and I seeing that because we were like, let's go see the chaos that is SpongeBob and being like, this is really good because not only is there this like clever story for all the kids that are like SpongeBob fans, but there's totally a story and a message for the adults too. So they weren't just like drag your kids and go see a Disney show that you're like, yay, the kids are happy. But like, no, you could, this is still an experience for an adult too on Broadway. And I was like, all right, this was smart. This, I, uh, uh, Tina Landau, I think was the director. Who's a who is it? My a, another hero, genius. I mean, she basically like she's written the. I mean, viewpoints. Are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> like, she was brilliant <laughs> and just marrying everything together. And I was like, all right, I'm sold. I'm that's great. <laughs> and I have to give a shout out to Tom Kitt, whose orchestration just like threaded, yes. you know, threaded it together. So also anything Tom Kitt. Absolutely. Um, now, Tasha, I know we've 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 spoken before, but I thought I'd ask the question again. Yeah, um, you know, I, know I think the last time, like you know, we're talking about, like a lot of weird downtown stuff I talked about, and like experimental theater, like you know, when I was like you know just out of school, I studied with like City Company and Worcester Group and all sorts of weird downtown stuff. And then I think I also grew up like watching Golden Age musicals. You know, I mean, I also love Into the Woods, and I actually think like. I feel like that's sort of a marriage of like the golden age, right? I loved when I was growing up, like every every movie that Ann Miller was in, like mm. Town and Kiss Me Kate. So I feel like I have like a real like love of that sort of classic golden age musical and also a real love of like very weird <laughs> experimental downtown stuff. Um, so I feel like my, my goal is to find, is like the synthesis of, the, of those two things. Um, but yes, everything that everyone that Faye and, and Jenny mentioned, I a second. For the sure. 1970s theater was probably like your theater scene. We're like, they were like, <laughs> why not? Just give it a shot. Let's just do this. I will say, if you those Worcester Group archives from their early days, there are some interesting things and some <laughs> familiar celebrity faces doing some crazy things. I'll like, I'll let you do your research. I love the Worcester Group. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> um. Let me, uh, Tasha, since I've got you right now, I'm going to ask, uh, have you seen any great theater lately that you would recommend to our listeners? You know, not, not since the last time we spoke because I've been working on this. Been a little bit busy. I was, I was going to guess that. <laughs> I've been a little bit busy. But I am so excited to see so many things, um, including Kimberly Kimbo. I feel like there's so many exciting new musicals. Um, the fall is jam-packed. Yes, I am excited once this concert happens to see a bunch of stuff. Jenny, how about you? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in Los Angeles right now 
So um, I haven't been able to see a whole lot, but I do. I do. I mean, I'm so excited. I have I have tickets to see um, uh, Death of a Salesman and Strange Loop when I'm in New York for this concert. So I'm so excited. Um, but uh, I do. I have seen some stuff here, and you're gonna laugh. So. I saw Lehman Trilogy here. It was with the original company. I was obsessed. I loved it. Like I, I worked with Sam and so I was like, I was like, I cannot miss this. And it was so amazing that it came to Los Angeles. I got to see it. Did not and, feel like three hours. Oh my god! I mean, it's extraordinary. And like, and the design, like as Devlin, like I just obsessed with like all parts of how he puts things together and how she. Anyway, I loved it. And then I was obsessed. Oh, and then I saw. Um, uh, 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 Natalie uh, Palamides, do you know her? She uh, did a one woman show, one man woman show called Nate um, that I was obsessed with. It's on Netflix, but I got to go see her other show called Egg in like a 99 seat house. Uh, it like, it was crazy. It was like right before everything shut down again. And um, it was about a woman who has, uh, who, who has an egg every single day and has to decide like whether she eats her egg or kills it. And it's like a clown show. And it was the craziest, most amazing thing. I'm obsessed with her. It's gonna be filmed soon, I think. Um, and then the third thing I saw recently, because I'm in Los Angeles and I have a four-year-old, we go to the Disneyland, you know, because we go to the Disneyland. And there's a show called The Tale of the Lion King that just opened. And it is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's like 25 minutes long. It's directed by Paul Bryant. The uh, uh, Wilson brothers do this, the choreography. It's like a, a pack of storytellers like come along and do the tale of the Lion King and musicians. And it is amazing. It's so special. It's like reminded me of why I love theater and how theater can just be handmade and community and like catharsis. And it is, <laughs> it is really truly amazing. <laughs> Oh, I love that. So that's that's me in a nutshell. The Lehman Trilogy, a, a you know, a feminist clown show about eating your own eggs, and then the <laughs> to tell them the and then a Disney show. Yeah, that's yeah, that sort of really should just be my in my byline. So yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. And then following up with Faye, Faye, have I you seen Greek theater? I can't follow that. I can't follow that. <laughs> I can't. Um, you know, Strange Loop, I would highly, highly recommend. And Into the Woods, the revival, I would highly, highly recommend. There is a ton of great stuff happening right now. And please go support the theater and oh come to our show. Yes. Um, Jenny, I'm going to start with you for this next question. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh, what a good question. Um, the opportunity to have relationships like with Faye and Tasha and to like be able to circle around and you know, I think, you know, I've, I've kind of been doing this for a minute now, it feels like, actually. Um, and what's so special is now you just really get to, you, you discover who are the people that you want to keep working with. And um, it's it's a real joy to, to be able to support their work and see their work and, and follow it and just to, like, create just really amazing relationships and um, and just to see the trajectory of, of artists that you've loved. Like, I mean, you know, I'm so excited to see Strange Loop. Like Michael R. Jackson, I mean, having worked with him like a few years ago and seeing like, just seeing like this incredible response to the work that we've all known has been like really special. And it's like, it's just really cool to, to have the privilege of having some, having some, having some traction, having some years in, in the theater. <laughs> so it's great, yeah. Tasha, how about you? 
This is when you can, t- I feel like you asked me this last time, so you can test me for, con- I think my answer is the same. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I think that like the, the collaborative aspect, right? I do think, yeah, there is, there is nothing like making a whole that is greater than its parts and getting to work with amazing people. And I, I do think the pandemic has just like made that so much more um, clear or, 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 you know, important to me of like, yeah, being able to sort of make something magical with, with other people. I think the pandemic humbled a lot of us and just like shrunk our egos. And we're like, no, no, we'll work together. We'll play nice. We'll, I want to be in the sandbox again. <laughs> and again, there's like amazing digital theater happening. There's like lots of like amazing TV. There's lots of different, you know, cool things that don't involve that live interaction. But I do think that relationship with performers, that relationship with the audience, like there's just nothing like it. And yes. um, I think it's really special. And it's, it's exciting to get to like do that with your time, you know, like, I feel like when things are stressful or difficult, you have to be like, wow, I get to like make magic with other humans. <laughs> like, it's pretty great. Faye, how about you? What is your favorite part about working in this fun world, the theater? In the theater, you say? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's the people, really. It's just the collaboration. It's We've got to meet, Jenny included, so many amazing, amazing, amazing people. I am constantly blown away by the the cast that we get to sort of have um and so so it's yeah it's just a really I love finding amazing artists who are also amazing humans and have been really lucky to sort of experience that on this journey thing Jenny mentioned in terms of like how things sort of those like long relationships of like you work with someone and then you work with other people and then they come back around you know and this piece in particular and other things, you know, I've worked on, like, we've just been so lucky to like every sort of actor and singer and performer that you get to work with, you know what I mean? People sort of come in and out of your life and there's like these short stints, but like, there's like those like long-term relationships and it's like, just like a lovely thing to sort yes. of know that like, also like, yeah, collaborators and friends will like come back around in some way. Um, it is, yeah, just like a very, a very lovely thing. I also feel like, you know, just sorry, now I'm just like, philosophizing but you know some of these projects we do they don't always live on right like I mean I've been a lot of projects that have not lived on um but because you still are working with those people or you see them or you collaborate in some way that goes into a different piece it's like pieces of those creative projects and they they continue like they have a different life and they kind of live in the DNA of something else and Mm -hmm. it's always so like it's really magical to see that and I think you know um it shows that like nothing is for nothing's for not like everything is important and everything has like a life even if it's not like on a big broadway stage with like amazing reviews and like continues to tour or whatever that's not necessarily the goal for everything or the purpose for everything and so it's like these near wins sometimes that are actually really more almost more important than even just like the big uh i don't know the other the the value we've decided that success is in theater so it's it's really yeah like they're all saying these things all live on they're amazing I want to wind down this interview with what is my favorite question to ask. And Jenny, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, which is 
what is your favorite theater memory? Okay. Um, (laughs) 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 I wish listeners you could have seen the look on her face where it was like, uh oh. Choosing one thing is like impossible. Um, I just have so many. You know, I love I love the theater. Um, okay. Um, I would say a great great memory was I did a. Uh, it was a rep company uh, called the Bridge Project that Sam Mendes put together, and it was a. I did the second year of it, and I think it was like I was young. I was maybe twenty four at the time, and um, it was as you like it and the Tempest in rep. And um, we got to create both pieces with the same company. It was all half British actors, half American actors. And it was like generation, like we went from age, like I think I was youngest, 24 to like uh, 85 years old. Wow. And it was this beautiful, like just coming together of extraordinary artists. It was so, um, and the way that Sam like creates a space, it was just everybody, everybody was the same, like every, all be, like best, best idea wins. And we got to go to Brooklyn and we had a residency in London and we were all over Europe and, and um, in Singapore and Hong Kong. And it really was one of the most extraordinary, it, it changed who I am as an artist and it changed how I think about um, theater and the impact that it has. And those people, you know, still will just live on forever in like my heart. And so, oh, actually my daughter is named Arden after the forest of Arden. So mm-hmm. it had that kind of um, effect on me. And, it, and every time I see or encounter somebody who was on the bridge or in the bridge project, it's like, you have a shorthand. You're like, okay, yeah, you were in that crazy experiment. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just really special. So that was my favorite theater experience, I think for myself, but then there's you know, there's been others that I've seen, but I'll stop talking right now. <laughs> Faye, how about you? What is your favorite theater memory? Um, I feel so like privileged to have heard that story, Jenny. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, my favorite, you know, I'll say maybe the most formative, which is, um, which is I was fifth, in, fifth, in the fifth grade when we went to a field trip. We went on a field trip to see the opera. Um, and it was La Boheme. I'd never say, I had no idea what opera was, um, but we saw La Boheme. And I don't know what possessed <laughs> the school to sort of say, we'll take them. Um, my guess is free tickets. But uh, we went <laughs> and um, and the role of Mimi was sung by this amazing, captivating, like soprano. And, uh, and I just thought, wow, I want to do that. Um, I don't know what I was thinking, what it meant, all of that. But I just I just was like, wow, that's amazing. That's what I want to do. And that's like, she just sort of had the audience. And the fact that she was a woman of color, I think, I think like thinking back now, subconsciously made me maybe think like, oh, I could do that. Um, you know, years later, translating, it sort of became a slightly different version of that. It's creating that experience as a writer. Um, uh, but, but I did st- study opera singing for a hot second. Um, so I have sung that aria. Um, and so that was probably my most formative. Oh, that's amazing. I, I got to ask, what grade were you in when you went to see it? Fifth grade. Fifth grade, that's right. Maybe, Fifth grade season of OM. Yeah. Hmm. a little young. I'm not sure. I don't know what. Yeah, I just, it, it had me. It had me. Was that here in New York too? No, it was, uh, I don't think it was when I was, I moved around quite a bit as a, as a kid. Okay. It was somewhere in the United States and I can't remember exactly where now, but it was somewhere in the three to five range, somewhere in the U.S. How's that for? That's amazing still. Wow. Now, Tasha, I know you've shared with us uh, a, a theater memory before. Is there another one you'd like to share with us 
uh, a great theater memory of yours that you'd like to share. Yes, because I think I shared the theater memory when I was eight years old. I was in a Holocaust musical for a year. Yes. Very serious and dramatic, and I had the best time, and it probably defines a lot about me now, my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I was the kid who got saved from the concentration camp to song. It was amazing. <laughs> Talk about it. Um, but another great theater, you know, I would say like the first full, my first full length production uh, was a play I wrote called I Now Pronounce, which was at the Humana Festival. Um, which is sort of, I think they've, they've, they've shifted a little in the years because of funding and things, but it was a really wonderful experience uh, because they have all the, it's a festival with all sorts of new plays there. And I worked with an amazing cast um, and the director, Stephen Brackett, who I've worked with a lot, who I love. Um, and it was a play that I had like, you know, had like readings in my living room and, and made my own readings at like Dixon Place and like really tiny places in New York with a ton of different actor friends who'd come in and out and contributed to it. Um, and so it was, and Actors Theatre for the is a really special place. And so it was really exciting to like have that be my first production. And it was just, yeah, a really wonderful collaborative experience. Yeah. Amazing. Well, now this is the opportunity that I'd like to give to, let me rephrase that. This is the point I'd like to uh, hear and offer um, you guys to plug anything that you have coming down the pipeline. Um, kind of want to get the, you know, the edge on finding out your next big thing. So do any of you have upcoming productions or projects that you might be able to tell us about so we can book now and get ahead of the curve? Uh, why don't we talk Tasha with you first? What's, what's next for you? I'll say this concert is is the next really big thing. So I'm excited about that. Uh, it's happening on the 26th. Uh, and this actually this week, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't actually know if you can come see it, but uh, I'm directing a workshop of a new play by Maya McDonald called Three and a Half Anne Franks, which is a uh, darkly comedic look at um, how we talk about the Holocaust, which just like keeps coming back in my life. Fountain of You has nothing to do with the Holocaust, which is also a lovely thing. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm directing a workshop of that. We have this concert coming up. And I think those are the things I can think about right now. Yeah. Faye, how about you? Anything coming down the pipeline that we can start talking about? Well, thanks, Andrew. So definitely this show. Um, Tasha and I are also working on um, uh, uh, another show called The Lonely Doll based on the life and the books of Dare Wright, which we're very excited about. Um, and in addition, um, I have an opera called Island of the Moon, uh, written with Anton Dudley. We just did a workshop in Virginia Beach um, a few months ago. So, um, yeah, so hope, like really looking forward to working on these things and seeing what's going to come down the pipe next. And of course, yes, and I will say, Fanny and I are working with a musical called The Lonely Doll, um, which has also been like a long labor of love. Um, and we've, and uh, we've been like working with the estate, sort of using all these materials from a children's book children's book author's life and we are hoping it looks like in the spring or the summer you'll have an opportunity to see some rendition of some developmental step of it in new york so we don't know exactly what that will be but we will keep you posted and you should be able to, that one has been a total pandemic project without ever having a public audience so we're thinking that like late spring or early summer we have a couple that you will hopefully get to see some some first version of it perfect i'm excited for that and then Jenny, our friend on the coast, what's uh, what's happening with you? I just have to like blow my mind. Tasha and Faye, like I have those books, The Lonely Doll. Like, ah! That's crazy. I like, like what? Okay. 
We'll keep talking. We'll talk about this. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like, great. No, this is very exciting that you're writing this because it is like, those are amazing. That's amazing. Um, whoa. Okay. Uh, yes, this uh, Fountain of You at the Green Room 42. Super excited. Um, also, the cast is really amazing. Like, it, uh, my days in Jason VC, and like, I, it's a really amazing cast. So, um, That'll be super fun. And um, I have some stuff that I can't totally talk about yet, but um, that's happening in the spring. But I've been doing more directing, which has been really fun. And I directed a show this summer, which was really special um, in Hawaii. I, did, I directed and choreographed Matilda the Musical. Can you believe? Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so a little bit more of that and a little bit more of some other things. But yeah, at the moment, Fountain of you and oh my god I, i'm gonna get my tickets for the lonely doll like now like that's gonna happen immediately <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like over here i'm like late spring early summer just gonna yes oh, <laughs> yes yes please oh my god okay yeah <laughs> there will be some kind of reading but it will be something you can see i'll take it <laughs> so if our listeners would like more information about the fountain of you or they want more information about you ladies where can they go how can they get it how can they get in contact with you um whoever would like to go first <laughs> i'll start um well you can find fountain of you on facebook.com slash fountain of you musical um, we're also on Instagram, uh, Fountain of You Musical, and at the Green Room 42 website. Um, and I am available on the webs and social medias at Say Chow. Yeah, I have a, a, a website that I still need to update. I've not updated since our last interview, but it is TashaTashaTasha.com. <laughs> and yes, Fountain of You Musical on Facebook or Fountain of You Musical, Fountain of You Musical on Instagram and the Green Room 42's website are the, the places to go for tickets. Uh, I, I'm not on the socials, I'm not on any of the socials, but I am. I do have www.jennybarber.com, but I really want Jenny, Jenny, Jenny.com. <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's jennybarber.com. And I will say Jenny is not on social media, but when I was looking to like tag you in something, there are some some Instagram fan accounts that are not Jenny Barber. So don't be, don't be uh, confused. Go to the official jennybarber.com. Don't yeah. accept the invitation. <laughs> Yeah, if you think it says it's me, it's not me. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the fans that she got. She's still not Jenny on Instagram. Um, that was a terrible, terrible, like, dad joke fail. I'm going to sit in that. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for making the time and joining me today. This has been an absolute blast. I'm so excited about the show. Uh, again, listeners, the show is The Fountain of You. It's playing on September 26th at The Green Room 42. You can get more information uh, by finding the show Fountain of You Musical on Facebook or on Instagram. Or you can also go to The Green Room 42 website. All of that will be posted on the episode's information as well as on our social media. And you can find more information uh, about our guests by uh, following the composer Faye Chow at Faye Chow on social media. You can visit uh, the book and lyrics writer Tasha Gordon-Solomon at TashaTashaTasha.com and the leading lady Jenny Barber. Uh, you can go to her website, JennyBarber.com, and that's Jenny with two N's and an I. Uh, you cannot find her on social media, though. Uh, <laughs> don't follow those spam accounts. Uh, we'll have all of this information as well posted. Faye, Jenny, Tasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Really, 
just such an honor. I appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Lorenzo's Music, AJ Super, Nangdo, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>